You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition, which means we will be diving into the mailbag at two minute drill in segment number three today. But there are some pressing issues and some news first, Matt that we do have to cover. We have Hall of Famers. We haven't covered those new electees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are eight of them. The season awards, I'm sure, I know you have opinions on both of those things, Matt, so we've got to get into (laughs) that stuff. And the latest around the league with trade rumors and such. And surgery for Patrick Mahomes following the beating he took in the Super Bowl, but I have a feeling he was already uh, hurt quite a bit going into that thing. A A gutsy performance from Patrick Mahomes in Super Bowl 55. A losing effort, but fantastic effort in my opinion nonetheless at bd peacock on twitter is where you can find me matt williamson at williamson nfl let's start with that one really quick uh the latest of patrick mahomes according to ian rapaport he'll undergo surgery to repair torn planter plate which is also known as turf toe the rehab will be several months but he's expected to make a full recovery uh and he'll Get it done by noted foot specialist, Dr. Robert Anderson, if anybody cares who will perform that procedure. So Patrick Mahomes, hopefully several months means he's back in time for camp and the start of the regular season. The turf toe obviously bothered him uh, at the end of the season after he suffered that injury and, you know, healthy enough to play in the Super Bowl, but not 100%. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add to it. You saw him limping around, um, seemed more so in the Super Bowl than the AFC Championship game. But he also got hit a heck of a lot more, and who knows who fell on it early on or whatever. But, hey, he moved around pretty well. (laughs) You know, I mean, give him credit. Obviously, this is something that needed attention. As people know, it's not uncommon at all for many of these guys to have some sort of procedure as soon as the season ends. Sometimes they're scopes or clean up a knee or whatever that don't sound like much to us that would if we were the one on the table. Um, I'm not worried about it. You know, he, he got it through it. He moved very well. I don't think it really contributed to the Chiefs losing the Super Bowl. But anything that happens medically to Patrick Mahomes is newsworthy. Absolutely. It's actually mind-blowing. I think a lot of people, and a lot of it doesn't get reported. So some of these surgeries that happen postseason because there's no injury reports, you don't know about a lot of them. And right, so right. many NFL players get surgeries to fix whatever was wrong with them during the season, get that fixed up right when the season ends and you'll see uh, an Instagram post of somebody in, on crutches. And you're like, wait, what happened to that guy? And it's just like, well, <laughs> right. He was fine. A minute ago, the NFL right? happened to him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's Patrick Mahomes off season there. A little bit of rehab for turf toe. Hope everything goes well with that procedure. The Carson Wentz trade was heating up. It was sounding like even there could be a deal that would happen Super Bowl Sunday. It's starting to sound more and more like the information we're getting is getting leaked out of Philadelphia. They're trying to create some, market for Carson Wentz and you know the 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 two first round picks idea has been thrown out there now with Derek Carr and the Raiders and Carson Wentz uh, because Matthew Stafford ended up getting two firsts I don't think we're going to see any of the rest of these teams get two firsts for their quarterback unless they're the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson this from Stephen Holder who covers the Colts for the Athletic he said here's what I know the Colts are definitely in on Carson Wentz yes the compensation the Eagles initially asked is two first round picks plus Colts would never pay that. Colts are confident they can fix Carson Wentz, and now we wait. So that's the latest on the Colts angle. They definitely have made contact and are interested in Carson Wentz at a certain price. Uh, Benjamin Albright talked 
about a few teams. He said there's uh, you know been numerous teams that have checked in, but basically two or three teams are in it, but not at the Eagles' current price point. Bears, uh, 49ers uh, seem to be kind of dipping their toe in on every quarterback, but it doesn't sound like they're going to make a big offer for anybody at this point. I'm not sure. Sam Darnold and Deshaun Watson linked to the 49ers, but it sounds like Bears-Colts are the two leading candidates when it comes to Carson Wentz. Yeah, they're the two logical ones. I mean, the Colts are an obvious Frank Wright correlation there. Um, I think it's noteworthy that when you hear things out of the Eagles building through the media, they leak is the wrong word. They tell the media more than any team in the league, and they use the media what they think is to their advantage. They they handle that process differently than most of the other teams. They're the most extreme with, hey, I'm going to tell this to Schefter so it gets out there and you know either helps our cause or makes us look like the good guy or whatever. So just know that when we talk Eagles media stuff. Um, two first-round picks is nuts. I mean, as badly as he played this year, that's bonkers. I mean, to me, he's closer to Goff than he is Stafford in terms of what he can get in return because of his contract and because of the tape he put out there this year. And injuries that have mounted, and I think that yeah. big ACL injury, he, he he hasn't really quite played the same. He was at an MVP level there and during their Super Bowl run, gave way to Nick Foles. He hasn't been the same since. No, you're, you're right. I do think, what not to contradict you, but I thought he finished last year, 2019, quite strong the last six or seven games or whatever but he was throwing to me and you and nobody noticed you know so mm, yeah uh, you know but that knee you're right that was a turning point in his career for the worse without question and you wonder what team doctors would say if they actually got their hands on it if it didn't recover you know as, as well as we just assume everything recovers nowadays um but he does move well at least on game day he just doesn't play the position well right now um, I'm sure people realize going, but Williamson, don't you love Wentz? I, I still do. I mean, so I would take a chance on him. You know, the Bears are rumored to maybe send Foles back to Philly. I don't know how Philly could take on his contract or why anyone would want to, except for the Philly special and, you know, selling some jerseys or whatever. And he's nothing like Jalen Hurts. Um, but the Colts and Bears, to me, are logical. Here's my question to you, though. Would you give up your first round pick if you're either one of those teams straight up for Carson Wentz? I no thought, way do I do two. Definitely not two. That's just not even a conversation. No, right. And I thought the Colts would have been willing to give up 21 for Matthew Stafford, and apparently they were yeah. not offering that. And so, if they weren't offering number 21 for Matthew Stafford, would they be offering it for Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, obviously younger, and Frank Reich. I could see why he would be confident of anybody because he's coached him, and he coached him when he was at his highest level in the NFL. But if they're not willing to give up 21 for Matthew Stafford, would they be willing to give up 21 for Carson Wentz? Do they see Wentz as a much bigger, uh, better commodity than Matthew Stafford? I mean, Stafford's played better throughout his career, played better recently. He's older. Um, Stafford had a better contract. So uh, if they're not willing to yeah. do it for Stafford, I don't see how they would be willing to do it for Wentz. Maybe the Bear. I mean, the Bears got to figure out quarterback and the regime is like if, if you're if you're Pace in Chicago, I don't care about future first round picks, right? Because I might not be Save there to spend life, them unless yeah. I start winning. And which is why ownership needs to step in and make sure they don't do anything that really damages the organization and give up future stuff if they're not going to be around to use them. So if I'm Chicago, I'd be probably more likely. And look, they're picking one spot ahead of the Colts, so they have that trump card as well. Yeah, and 
to your point, if I was in charge of the Colts, I would clearly give up more for Stafford than Wentz, considering the state of my team, uh, the state of the division. I mean, I think you're clearly the best team in the division with Stafford, and you don't have to rebuild him and fix him, as they mentioned. The Bears, there's a couple teams. The Bears and Washington really come to mind that – uh, that it, I think they could be the musical chair that doesn't have a good answer in the end. So maybe you would overspend. I hate to say this, Bears fan. This sounds kind of mean about the organization. But if Wentz would go to the Colts, I would buy his stock right now thinking it'll go up. If Wentz goes to the Bears, I might sell all my shares away. <laughs> wow, okay. And if you're Wentz, <laughs> if you're Wentz, you probably want to go to Indy and play with Reich. Yeah. And hopefully that connection would it just that one makes a lot of sense to me so i could see i could see maybe they give up 21 and it sounds like you might have to and maybe this is the eagles trying to play some teams against each other trying to get you know the best offer they can which is smart by them and using the media with some of the leaks of whatever teams make a call on that but i just don't see a first plus for sure and i'm not sure any of these teams are are rushing the Stafford, I think, the Stafford trade just set some unrealistic expectations, and for, and a current first round pick wasn't involved, so it's like, hey, two first round picks, but they were in the future. So I think teams will be like, yeah, look, future first from the Rams with Stafford, that's a second round pick for us this year, and so in value. So I think that's probably where the talks are, which makes things maybe even more difficult now. Yeah, two notes there too is if you the Stafford trade shouldn't be a barometer because. I had to give you something for you to give me golf. So let's not forget that part of it because mm-hmm. I took a contract off your hands, although he's not a bad player. So that you can be looking at that two ways. Obviously, the Eagles are be like, well, yeah, Wentz is as good as golf, and they, you know, whatever. I mean, you can use that as a bargaining chip as well. I saw this after the trade that if you look at those draft value charts, you know, the Jimmy Johnson one and the other one that came out since then, mm-hmm. that next year's first and the first after are really equivalent to like the 48th and I think 55th pick in this draft. You know, so you got to remember, it's going to be a while until you get to put that, go up to the podium with those. <laughs> right. Things. Yeah. And where is that pick going to be? You know, if, if things yeah. really work out great for the Rams, I mean, a, a pick in the late twenties or even the thirties in 2023, that's not that much. That's that valuable right, right now. Yeah. Um, last thing though, too, I think a month or so ago when Wentz was quote on the block, I thought it'd be like a third rounder in return. So, I mean, 21 straight up for him. I understand. I see what you see in them and quarterbacks aren't, aren't, you know, don't grow on trees and you don't have a lot of other options. They're not going to be one there in the draft that you could just easily snag up or, you know, someone else you can get for a cheaper deal. But initially I thought he'd come cheaper than that because of the cap situation the Eagles are in and the money he makes and this recent tape. So maybe I offer you 21 and you give me Wentz in a third when it's all said and done or something like that. All right. I have one more note on this deal. There's also the latest with Dak Prescott and what's going on in Dallas. Then we'll talk Hall of Fame. I don't know how much we'll be able to get into all this and hit a bunch of questions because I think we've got a really uh, maybe too packed of a show today. Might have to push some stuff into tomorrow's episode we do want to get to the mock draft tomorrow as well so this is just gonna sure. be a fun week we've got a lot to get to let's see how much we can cover on today's program hall of famers season awards a little bit more about quarterbacks and some of your questions coming up the football season is over there was endless amounts of fun and angles and ways to bet 
at Bet Online, but that continues into the offseason. There's NFL futures. You can bet on next year's Super Bowl champion, NCAA football champions, NFL draft, and of course, the NHL and NBA seasons are in full swing. Major League Baseball coming back this spring. It's nearly tourney time. March Madness just weeks away. Bet Online even covers awards and uh, TV shows, reality TV, whatever. You can find a line for it at Bet Online. Real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. To wrap up the Wentz conversation really quick here, Matt. Uh, so let's say I'm Philly and I say, okay, look, we'll take one first and it doesn't have to be this year's. It has to be next year's. If you're the Colts, do you say yes? Okay, next year's first done. Here's Carson Wentz. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And then I draft a left tackle and try to win the whole thing and yep. make that 32nd pick, you okay. know? That's the value. Next year's first. That's I think I think we figured it out. That's where yeah, it's going to end up. Maybe in a, you know, in a fourth or something just to make Philly feel better like they got a couple picks. So, next year's yeah. first from Chicago or Indy. I think that's a good guess to where that thing ends. How about this one? Dak Prescott reportedly liked and then unliked the Washington football team on his social media channel. I'm not sure. I think it was on Instagram. So fans are really freaking out about that one. And that was a day or two after the Dallas Cowboys official Twitter account released a hype video for 2021, which did not feature their star quarterback, Dak Prescott. Your thoughts, Matt? Uh, Not (laughs) the first I heard that. um, (laughs) A like on Twitter to me is not that big a deal. Maybe Dak's son had the phone and liked it and unliked it. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Um, I... I can't imagine Jerry lets him leave town unless they know more medically that scares them than any of us can imagine. Uh, I think they would be clearly the the class of that division. With, I guess Washington would be too if they could land them. That would be an interesting one for Washington to try to steal him away from Dallas, oh, especially. And if you're Washington, you you could really just sneak in there and snag him for. Uh, if he's on the franchise tag, because then you just have to give up picks if you're willing to do it. And that would hurt your opponent in your division. And it would help you out quite a bit. And with that, the the defense, the way it's growing there in Washington, I mean, they would be the favorite for sure. Right. With Dak going into next year. I think so. And unless Dallas could land somebody that I don't understand, you know, somebody in his place. But I don't think I mean, that would be a pretty strong building block. And do we even know that Dak's going to get franchised the second time? I mean, he probably will. I mean, but I, think I don't think he's only, just going to hit the pure open market. Yeah, it's the only play because of his injury. Yeah, I think you have to just see it one more time. And if you have that franchise tag, you have to use it rather than... Because I mean, you've played it this far out if you're the Cowboys. They should have signed him for $27 million or whatever it was three years ago or two years ago instead of taking it to this point. If you're going to pay him all the money, you might as well see him one more time and make sure he comes back from the injury and then pay him all the money next year. Um, I wonder if Dak took that wrong. Like, Hey, I gave you your opportunities and you never signed and Now I get hurt and you know, I'm going to go, so I'm going to play against you. Right. And if you're, yeah. And Dak's sort of playing it out like Kirk cousins did, which is going to make him much richer in the end. And who knows, really stick it Mm -hmm. to him if he ends up signing with uh, somebody in the division and that's the, but 
here's the thing. So if you're Dallas, we're not going to have time to get all this stuff. That's okay, though. <laughs> um, yeah, we got all, all week. Uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, okay, let's say Washington does that, and he's, they sign Dak Prescott under the franchise tag, give up two first-round picks to Dallas. Well, Dallas is like, cool. Hello, Deshaun Watson, right? You would think. Two extra first-round picks. Or trade up, you know, a handful of spots in yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah, they're know? they're in they're in striking distance to get uh, right. it to two if they want to, and, and it would be a lot cheaper, obviously, on mm-hmm. their books, and they would still have stuff left over to help the defense. And Dak's coming off a major injury, you yeah. know. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that'd be a win-win, but getting that kind of compensation back at least wouldn't be so bad, and you have would... plenty of times to address it. I, I mean, think it's the you best... could even trade for Darnold too and see what happens, or right. resign Dalton right. and. And try to trade up for a guy, you know. It's obviously obviously better than letting Dak hit the open market, whether it's this year or next year, too. If he plays right, and you get a third round comp pick right. a year from now, like, yeah, so, great. So that is uh, so uh, yeah, they have to franchise franchise tag. Think, yeah, right? that's yeah. the only that's the only play for Dallas and Dak Prescott. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know what their cap situation is. I'm sure it'll be tough to do, but you have to do that. The Hall of Fame class of 2021 announced Matt Peyton Manning. No surprise there. Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson getting in. John Lynch has been on the ballot for a few years now. He's going to get in to the 2021 class of the Hall of Fame. And some old timers, Drew Pearson, Bill Nunn, and former Raiders coach Tom Flores. What are your thoughts on this 2021 class? The first three you mentioned to me are no-brainers. Peyton Manning obviously is as easy as they come. Mm-hmm. And I, I always wanted to ask, I, I should ask Sando this, like whoever presented Manning the, in like when Brady comes up, do you, do we even have to go through the exercise? Are there any objections? You know, like you should just throw it out there. Like, I, saw I really some, have to go through this. I saw some stats on that. They had talked about, they time how long the conversation is with mm-hmm. each player. And I believe John Lynch was among some of the longest conversations. And I think it was Peyton Manning, which was the shortest conversation. And that that makes a lot of yeah, sense as far as sure. time goes. I think you know John Lynch. I think they talked about it for you know thirty six minutes or something like that. And I, I I think it was either Peyton Manning. I think it was Peyton Manning that was the shortest conversation. It was you know it was essentially whoever's the presenter talked and everyone's like yep. Yeah right. I mean I I, I would hope they could make that formality. You know are there any objections? No, move on. You know get them in. Um, I think Woodson's a no brainer. I think Calvin's a no brainer, but I think I. I know he just got in, but I think there was a little more discussion there than probably I would have had about him. Um, Fanica to me is hits 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 home. Obviously, um, is a little overdue. I was told that it didn't hurt. It, it really hurt his cause last year that several Steelers got in, Paul Amalu, Cower, and they'll all be inducted with this class, obviously because the COVID situation, and Hutchinson got in. So. Another guard, another stealer hurt Fanica's class, you know, chances last year. So I think he rightfully deserved to get in. Um, there's, I have, I have mixed feelings about Flores, and maybe I just don't know enough. But if you win two Super Bowls, everyone else is in that's won two, basically. So yep. I, I have no qualms with it. You know, the big knock was he took over John Madden's team. And that's probably a little unfair to the – Seiferts and Floreses of the world. It's right. tough following a legend, you know. I mean, you still got to outcoach the Steelers and Oilers and all the the Dolphins and all the good teams of that era, you know. So, um, I got no problem with that one. You might not like this from a Niners perspective, but 
I don't see John Lynch as a Hall of Famer player. And there's been a lot of safeties that have gone in lately. And I think Troy and Ed are no-brainers and you know are, are no problems for me. But Atwater and Dawkins and Lynch, and they're fine. They just don't scream Hall of Fame to me. I have no problems with that. And, uh, you know, someone that covers the 49ers, if he becomes a Hall of Famer as a general manager, I think that would be more beneficial to uh, a lot sure, of people like that follow that, the yeah. Niners. You know, I don't think people are that dug in on John Lynch over here in the Bay Area, although you did go to college at Stanford. He, um, yeah. I mean, he was an intimidator. I think it's the presence, and I think he, the persona was always so big with John Lynch, and that always helps anybody with their chances to get in the Hall of Fame. And when they're, when you're talking about understated players who were among the best at their position for a time, you know, sticking with the Niners theme, someone like Patrick Willis, who I think deserves to get in, even as much as someone like John Lynch, who was the best at I'd his take position. Willis over Lynch in a heartbeat, right? And I don't think Patrick Willis is ever going to get in. He had a short career. He was either. basically the linebacker version of what Calvin Johnson was. But you don't get the hype. You don't have the fantasy football players uh, yep. on your side when you're a linebacker versus a wide receiver. and He doesn't look like a transformer either. Right, and he wasn't, you know, this huge personality and he wasn't selling stuff on TV and he wasn't on TV, he wasn't a broadcaster. So uh, there's there's definitely a lot beyond football that goes into it that really helps politics-wise. Even if you're not trying to, I don't think John Lynch was doing any of this to try to get into the Hall of Fame, but it just turns out that he had a big persona and when you think of John Lynch, you you really think of a certain type of thumper player and it doesn't really exist anymore in the NFL. No. It never will again. He's a dinosaur. He'd be a linebacker now. You know, he'd be right. a, the undersized run and hit linebacker. Um, he just doesn't scream Hall of Fame to me. I mean, uh, Brooks and Sapp do off that defense, but I think he's more like Simeon Rice and Barber and pro bowlers, not Hall of Famers. I mean, so that's just my opinion. I mean, that's fine. Um, I want to do, I want to spend some time on Bill Nunn. And okay. Maybe we could do it next segment or yeah. however you want to set that up because I think it's very interesting. And I'm going to use my Steeler ties for this one, okay. so such is life. I love it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk Bill Nunn next, and we will uh, get to your Twitter questions as well. We'll talk season awards from 2021 a little later this week, but the rest of it coming up next. Do you want to keep your vehicle running smooth? Do you want to keep your family safe in that vehicle? Do you want to save some money? Then you've got to go to Rock Auto. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The website is no nonsense. I love it. Super easy to find exactly what you need for exactly your vehicle. And yes, your vehicle is covered every make and model. It's pretty amazing the selection that RockAuto.com has. Everything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, engine control modules, jumper cables, small, big parts, whatever it is you need. You need a new tailgate, you need wiper blades, you can find it at Rock Auto. Quickly find all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. And those prices, by the way, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, I want to hear your thoughts about Bill Nunn getting into the hall. Uh, real quick, though, here's the, the notes I found about Peyton Manning. Colts beat writer Mike Chappelle spent no more than 13 seconds pleading Manning's case. <laughs> so that's how long that one took. That's awesome. That's awesome. On a Zoom call, just, hey, anybody have any problem? Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Okay, he's yeah. in. That's awesome. Um, Bill Nunn. 
I urge everyone to Google him because that information will be a little more accurate than what I'm about to tell you now. But it's Black History Month. It's you know the state of this nation as we are. I think Bill Nunn is very relevant. And this is what I know about him from my Steeler ties and living in Pittsburgh my whole life is his father was the owner or head editor, probably both, to be honest with you, of the biggest, it was a newspaper at the time, and this is probably the 50s in that neighborhood, you know, 50s, 60s, you know, all, all through that time of the country that was extremely geared towards African-Americans. And it was the biggest African-American publication in the country at that time. And it was based here out of Pittsburgh. So that gave Bill Nunn's father a lot of cliche in that community. And anytime anyone would come to town that was African-American or Muhammad Ali was, was coming through Pittsburgh, he stayed at the Nunn's house. You know, I mean, that was a, a thing. So Bill's Bill obviously spent a lot of time around very influential people. And it's not just sports. I mean, it was leaders of the African-American community from all over the country, but a lot of sports relevance as well. So Bill grows up and works for the paper and does a lot of different stuff. And it's a, you know, it's a good gig. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but his love is sports. And he, he started putting out a, all African-American college, historically back black college um, all-star team in the paper every year and was incredibly good at it. And back then you didn't just click on, you know, usatoday.com and read stuff. You know, people, the owners around the, the NFL didn't notice this, but Mr. Rooney did because he's here, you know, so He's reading this thing year after year and going, wow, these are really good players and they're not getting drafted. And I know the nuns well, and I'm going to go talk to them and uh, have a relationship with this family. So he hires them on staff and, you know, he quits the paper job, joins the Steelers on staff and is unbelievably instrumental in them winning four Super Bowls because Donnie Shell, Mel Blunt, John Stallworth, Dwight White, Elsie Greenwood, all these guys the Steelers got from historically black schools that scouts didn't even go in at the time. The Steelers are getting in the fourth round that they probably had, you know, by today's standard, first round grades on. You know, they know no one else is going to get it. The, no one else has the film. You know, Bill Nunn would go to Grambling and stay at the head coach's house overnight, you know, and get all the information and watch tape with wow. the team. And, you know, so nobody did those things then. And it's a massive reason why the Steelers were so good. They got all these Hall of Famers from schools no one else was scouting. And he was incredibly ahead of his time. And I know the, the members of the Steelers scouting staff quite well. And they even said back then, like he was way ahead of his time in terms of biomechanics and bend and just the way he viewed players, boy, look at the ankle flexion on that guy. Look, you know, the things that people didn't look at then. So I'm really, really glad he's in. And I just wanted to tell that story. And I think it's extremely relevant because Google them and look at the Steelers drafts of that era. And some of the schools, those guys came from, 
it's it's pretty remarkable story. Wow, that is an amazing lineage there when you connect that with the Steelers run there and how good those teams were for so long. That's fantastic information, Matt, and I'm glad you brought that up and uh, learned a lot more about Bill Nunn from that. And uh, I'm definitely going to dive in and, and learn some more about him. I'm sure a lot of people are like, wait, who's Bill Nunn? Why, how is he a Hall of Famer? So uh, that's fantastic. Right, I love right. It. Yeah, I mean, that, those type of things are perfect for the veterans committee and all those type of things. And, you know, there's even stories, things like they wanted to take Stallworth in the first round, but they knew they could wait a couple rounds because there was only one reel of tape of them and the Steelers had it and didn't send it to the other teams. <laughs> you know, there's things like that too, you know, like that aren't necessarily Bill none, but it's just the way scouting worked back then. I mean, you weren't sharing information. Oh, if you yeah. knew Stallworth was a stud. You're not putting it on Twitter. That's amazing. That is, yeah, that's so awesome. All right, but I wanted to tell that story because I think it's really important for where we are today and how the Steelers got got an edge in the seventies. It's a lot because of Bill Nunn. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm, that's fantastic. I'm glad you told me that story because a lot of that I did not know. I knew a little bit of it, but uh, mm-hmm. there's you know, so many important figures throughout history that you don't really associate with you know a Hall of Fame level player or person until you really realize wow the impact this guy had and uh, you know the foresight and and what they were doing at the time uh, is pretty amazing and and I I geek out on scouting too so when I hear about how they used to go about scouting back in the day we have every bit of information at our fingertips right now sure. me from home not having any relation to any team in the NFL can get so much information back then the teams that even made the selections uh they had maybe a tenth of the picture of a prospect that that teams have now. Oh right, I mean it's it's insane. Like just to keep it with the Steelers, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of Chuck Knoll on my wall. The day after Chuck Knoll was hired as a Steelers coach, they took Joe Green in the first round. Like that was the day after he was hired. You know, like imagine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you hire you hire Robert Sala and say tomorrow's the draft. You know, wow. Right. And well, a lot of it too is I think there's some over, it's overthought when it comes to the draft. You have too much information and you forget like, oh yeah, mean Joe Green. This He's just the baddest dude out there. Let's draft him. He's don't overthink football, yeah. it. I don't care how high he jumps or what the 40 time is. He's good at football. Let's take this guy. Yeah, right. I, I do think there is some of that too. Like maybe we should just watch the tape and if he's beating everybody up, then I want him. Let's go to Barry on Twitter who says, I listened to a podcast with Mel and Todd where... They were saying that the Jets need to assess Darnold's grade coming out and compare it to Fields coming out to decide if they want to draft him. Is this really how NFL teams do it? Surely the years of tape on Darnold changes the grade. I heard that too, and it raised a red flag with me as I was listening to too. Like, boy, that's not how I would do it. I mean, <laughs> Definitely I've not. been around this guy in my building, eating lunch with him and practicing with him and talking to him and seeing how he deals with his teammates and have watched... I don't know, 50 games of NFL film. I'm not real concerned with his USC grade. Right. Absolutely not. And this is, I think a lot of this comes from Todd because that was Todd's guy and, and he's gone to bat for Sam Darnold numerous times. And, Mm -hmm. and I've heard him talk about this draft and thinking, yeah, they're, they're not better prospects than Sam Darnold was. Well, yeah, maybe not, but we have a more complete picture now. You know what Sam Darnold looks like in the NFL. Maybe he becomes Tannehill on another team, but there's only the clock is ticking too. You got to pick up that fifth year option starts to get expensive next year. And then he's a free agent. So start with a fresh clock, fresh coaching staff, find the best guy for your team and start over at pick two. I, I think this situation's easy 
the decisions easy for me unless you just fully believe, oh my gosh, he was ruined and he's going to be so good and he's too talented, then maybe, yeah, but that's based on Jets film, not USC film. Yeah, I mean, you can't take a clean slate approach like that with them because you only have him one more year, whether you're keeping him or somebody that wants to trade for him, you got to pay him soon. And he costs something. It's not just apples to apples. And even though Darnold is, you know, uncommonly young for his time in the league, he's not a prospect. Here's a really good question from Joshua I want to get to before we close this out. And apologies to the questions we didn't get to today. We'll filter in some more questions throughout the week. He says, if every player was a free agent tomorrow, all 32 teams were drafting from scratch. How long would it be before a non-quarterback was taken? Would it be Aaron Donald? Assume all players have identical contracts. So you have to you have to draft mm-hmm. their con. Oh, all players have identical contracts. Oh, oh man, it would be a while then because that means every quarterback would be cheap too, in comparison. Yeah, I I I think you handle it like this: like you pretend like they're all in a draft. Yes. None of them have contracts. They're all rookie contracts, essentially. They're all rookie contracts. You know what I mean? Like if I take them first, I pay more than the guy that took them second. You know that went second, mm-hmm. but it's not. I picked up Mahomes' $40 million. You know, it's, it's just the first overall pick. It's Trevor Lawrence money. It's not Mahomes' money. If I did, I think that's what the, the question is asking, and yes. it's a good one. Aaron Donald's the best offensive player in the league, but he's not young anymore either. I mean, that's the 2014 draft class, and he's now a three-time defensive MVP, and again, the best player in the league w- – I just don't know who I'd rather have. Like I'm sitting here thinking maybe if I'd seen Nick Bosa all year or Chase Young, maybe, but they're not nearly as proven. I mean, Watt, Miles Garrett, uh, Jalen Ramsey's not super young either at this point. Mm-hmm. I assume it's still Donald, but will Donald be Donald in three years? It would definitely be Donald, I think, right now, but he's turning 30 in May. And, yeah, yeah. you know, this, you know, he, he's probably peaking. He's probably not going to be better in the future than he has been. He's still playing at that level and he's still the best player non quarterback in the NFL right now, I think. Uh, and I think he would be the first one off the board. And then some other younger defensive linemen that you mentioned would probably be after him. The Bosa's and, and Chase Young would all be right there. But I think it would be a little while, especially if you're getting those quarterbacks on the cheap. And it, it might even be he's the first pick of the second round after all 32 teams take a quarterback. Uh, you know, because if you if you have all the current draftees in there, too, that's four more picks that uh, I mean, I think. I don't know if you're a rebuilding team, like would you draft Aaron Donald at 30 or would you rather have Trevor Lawrence? Would you rather have Justin Fields or, or Zach Wilson and just all those guys? Yeah. So it might be, well, especially Lawrence, obviously. But I mean, would you rather have Darnold? No. I mean, let's get real extreme. I, I no, no. The, I, 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 it's it's essentially that tier after Matthew Stafford is where, like, so, so the this the I tier, can't do Wentz or Goff. No, or, the tier two to tier three line, I think, is where you slide Aaron Donald in there, mm-hmm. because the middle yeah. tier quarterbacks, the Garoppolo's and even Kirk Cousins, um. I think I would probably go Darnold first. I mean, I'd probably go Aaron Donald first before drafting those guys. So maybe he would be, you know, the 10th to 12th pick. 15, maybe. 15, something like that, middle first round. Some of the young guys would get the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, is there any other offensive players you take ahead of them? I don't think so. No, no. There's so many receivers. I can't take a running back. The volume of receivers. Right. 
You know, uh, uh, Tristan Wirfs would be my offensive lineman, but I'm not yeah. taking him ahead of Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. you know. So he's the first non-quarterback, I think. But, I mean, are you taking Derek Carr over him? What about yeah, I take Mayfield? That's close. See, that's that's where we're at. Young guy. Yeah, the younger yeah. tier two to three quarterbacks is where it gets dicey and where you start to see him in there. Mayfield is a good one. That's where it starts to that's get tight. That's a tough tight. one. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Burrow and Herbert over him. I'll take Mayfield. Rookie contract, Mayfield. Yeah, you got to take the quarterback, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely taking Burrow and Herbert over him, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're top seven or eight picks. Right. They're top. There might be like pick, pick four and five. Yeah, they could be. I mean, I don't Holmes. think they go ahead of Russell Wilson, no. but I bet they go ahead of... Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Stafford. You would, ha- you would have. Yeah. Well, it depends. What are you trying to do? Some teams might say, "Hey, let's win now and take all the old guys because everyone else is going to take the young guys." I mean, this happens in sure. Madden. I would do those Madden drafts back in the day with my friends, and it's like, okay, do you want to win now? Or do you want to win later when you're drafting all your players? And uh, you can get some really good players a little bit later that are that are veterans in those drafts. So I imagine that's how it would go too. So some teams that want to win now would definitely be trying to draft the the Aaron Rodgers of the world early and go for it and probably those same teams would want someone like Aaron Donald where other teams would want the younger quarterback that's a lot like dynasty obviously for fantasy last one I have for you Tannehill or Donald he's older than you think too Donald's Aaron Donald yeah I think I would go Donald there I think I would too fun Mm -hmm. that's good stuff but the teams that take Donald they're pretty much guaranteed they're not gonna have a very good quarterback to win with Donald after they draft him (laughs) who's gonna be there in the second round for you they get Jacoby Brissett, or yep. they get maybe they get like a Ben, you know, for a year and have to draft their guy next yeah. year. You know what I mean? Good question. That's a, that's a fun. Yeah. That would be a really fun exercise. I don't think we'll ever do it, but that would be pretty cool to do and just kind of run through it and see how many picks, if we were the GM, would go before we got a non-quarterback. Wonder if that'd be a locked-on project. You know, like. The, the we get 32 locked on hosts yes and we'll do five rounds in the middle of summer and somebody that's not named williamson could organize the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> it's not named peacock or williamson i i've been involved in our our i mean it's really awesome the the mock draft we do every year that we were doing on the uh yeah, two straight awesome, years yeah. on the locked on nfl channel it's a lot of work but it's the payoff is awesome because it's the the coolest thing i think we do as a network all year long the most popular thing we do as a network all year long but you and i have the peacock and williamson podcast now so i think that's somebody else's responsibility I hope we're still involved, but if I don't have to edit the whole thing, I would be happy about that. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, be upset. We can take up 32 owners and yeah. do a draft real quick. That, that's a great idea. Let's see if we can pull that off in the summertime. <laughs> Why not? All right. Good stuff. Thanks for all the questions, everybody. We'll filter some more through out the week, and we're going to talk some season awards. Matt Williamson's Mock Draft 1.0 for the 2021 draft tomorrow. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.